When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express Card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Dios FM. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome back to season four of Locatora Radio, Por Casteras Peligrosas, Wanted for Crimes Against the Patriarchy. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to bring you Quarantine Confidential, a special pandemic broadcast about our experiences with quarantine and COVID-19. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. Our intention behind this mini-series is to archive our experiences during this global coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us on this year-long journey. So last time on Quarantine Confidential, we interviewed the one and only Maria Hinojosa, 
about her new book, Once I Was You. It was an incredible interview. If you have not tuned in to our last capitulo, you need to do so immediately. We also um, were super blessed uh, to be able to host a conversation between Diosa and Maria on our Instagram Live. And that was amazing. Great job, Diosa. You killed it. Thanks, girl. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the IG Live, if you missed it, it's on the page. And also you can tune into that episode with Maria Hinojosa on all your favorite streaming platforms. And it was just such an incredible opportunity to be able to do that. She's super cool. She's a Peabody award-winning journalist, founder of Futuro Media. She's a podcasting giant. She's amazing. Um, and she has a new book. So go check out Once I Was You. We talked about WAP, we talked about weed, we talked about <laughs> sex and motherhood and all kinds of things. So go check out that episode. We also want to remind you to sign up for our newsletter, Besitos. You can go to our website, locatoraradio.com, to sign up for all kinds of great behind the scenes, uh, discount codes for things like merch and webinars that we're going to talk more about later. Yeah. And also, you know, if you want to support us on a monthly basis, you can become a patron on patreon.com slash locatora underscore radio. You get exclusive membership perks like ad-free listening, special Zoom meetups and hangouts. And we just recently streamed an extended trailer of For Rosa and had a conversation with Melina Bobadilla. If y'all are, you know, regular listeners of the pod, then you know that we had an episode with her a couple months ago and we discussed the Madrigal 10 and her film uh, for Rosa. So those are just one of the many things, one of the many perks that you get uh, if you are a patron. As a reminder, every Thursday we go live on Instagram. We have our Oye Loca segment at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're also going to be shifting some of our interviews away from the audio and onto Instagram Live. So you're probably going to see more Instagram Live interviews like the one Diosa and Maria Hinojosa did uh, in the future. So keep an eye out for that. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram and Twitter, do so now at locatora underscore radio. And, you know, if you are looking for a fandom drain and aspire to be our human wallet, you can escort yourself to our Venmo at locatora-radio. Thank you to all of our locamores, all of our listeners that send us, you know, little random Venmo payments. And it's really sweet. And it's a really nice surprise when we see them. Um, and if you're a man listening, you know, we welcome you to be our fandom drain. We we definitely welcome all cishet male listeners to be <laughs> contributors to the podcast. So hit the Venmo at locatora-radio. You can also get 15% off of your purchases from Vive Cosmetics, which is a Latina-owned makeup brand, with our affiliate code locatora-radio15. We love Vive Cosmetics. We love all their Besselproof lippies. They have highlighters. They have all kinds of beautiful makeup, Latina-owned, Latina-founded. So use our affiliate code locatora-radio15 for 15% off of your next purchase. Also, we at Locatora are huge advocates of therapy, and this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling and seeking options for therapy, please go to trybetterhelp.com slash locatora and receive 10% off of your first month. 
And now, on to the substance, on to the carne. We have so much to talk about. This episode is jam-packed. There's so much going on in the world, in the news, on Instagram. And we're going to try and run through the most relevant topics from this week. We cannot cover everything because there's just so much happening. But... At the top of our list, our most recent occurrence, right before recording this capítulo, Diosa sends me a screenshot of a friggin' troll on Instagram leaving nasty, hateful comments on Diosa's Instagram. So I check mine, and the same troll has also left nasty, hateful comments on my Instagram. What is that about? <laughs> well, he also left comments on the Locatora Instagram as well. <gasps> okay, so I log on to Instagram, you know, I just, you know, check my notifications and I see these two comments from this dumbass troll account. Um, it's like a faceless account. It's like one of those where they just post, you know, random things. This person posts a lot of um like figurines <laughs> and like Lego type things. And they're, you know, I, whatever. So they commented on, on my Instagram on a couple of pictures, um, just some really ridiculous comments. And then I checked the Locatora page. And of course there was a recent comment. And so I texted Mala and I was like, Hey girl, this person just like is commenting on my page and commented on the Locatora, like check out your page. And of course he went and he left a comment on Mala's pictures as well. And so my theory is that this man probably saw the LA Times Today Spectrum news feature, the news segment with Lisa McGree, and that led him to our Instagram pages because it was a main it is a more mainstream press and publication that we've received recently. And so I'm definitely curious to see if there's gonna be um you know, more of that now, if that's going to become the norm now that we're a little more, more mainstream, I guess, like, is this success? I don't know. Right. Is this what it feels like to make it like the trolling increases? And for those who maybe are not aware, look at the radio. We were in the LA times. We had a full feature. In fact, our feature was the cover story um, in the LA Times calendar section, we were cover girls. Our photo was huge. It took up the entire first page. It was amazing. The journalist who wrote about us, her name is Stephanie Mendez. Shout out. Thank you so much for seeing our value and for putting our work out there in the paper of record here in our hometown, the LA Times. So we had this big LA Times feature, you know, cover page of the calendar section. And then the LA Times reached out to us because they have like a daily news show on Spectrum One News called LA Times Today. So they invited us to come and talk on LA Times Today about the podcast, about Latinx people and sexuality and all the stuff we talk about on here. So we are getting press. We're getting more and more press, which is extremely exciting for us because it means more opportunities, right? Or hopefully will present themselves. But it also means, like Diosa said, it's more exposure um, to people who are really not necessarily our target audience. And sometimes those people are really cranky men um, who like to hate on femmes. And that's what we have here. He told me that I don't know how, how to wear shorts correctly, like in one of my videos. And I was like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> am I am I wearing shorts incorrectly, Diosa? Am I doing it wrong? Can you tell me? Would you would you tell me if I was wearing shorts incorrectly? Like you would you would tell me, right? I would one hundred percent let you know if you were wearing shorts incorrectly, which I don't know if that's possible to do. But you know, in case that were to happen, I would one hundred percent let you know. Um. You know, I uh, the, the the picture that he commented for me was this picture from last year from our event at the wing. And I'm like holding a microphone and I like in my caption, I talk about how, you know, I used to be afraid and nervous of talking on a microphone and to present anything. But now it's just, you know, a part of what I do, because I, I think we both get that question a lot. Like, how do we get comp? How do we build confidence to, you know, speak publicly? And so that was the caption for that photo a year ago. And so he comments, I bet the money helps. <laughs> and I was like, um, well, yes, pendejo, actually, the money does help. <laughs> Spot on. It's, it's accurate. But also, this troll ass dude went back months and months and even a year into your profile because that you know like that's wild like that's dedication and to cherry pick which posts he's gonna comment on like how does one decide and the ones that he commented on for me are like not necessarily recent posts so he had himself a good old time on our grids looking at all of our photos and videos before he decided to be salty and you know what at Thank you for the engagement, I guess. I always appreciate a comment. You know, I appreciate the engagement. So we're mainstream now. If you see trolls trolling us, um, you know, like, feel free to jump in, listeners. We're giving you the green light to jump in <laughs> in the comment section. Yeah, you know, it's just part of being a creator on the internet, especially if you're a woman. I think that we have really kept ourselves in a pink bubble, you know, for the most part, we know who our demographic is, we speak to y'all, our listeners. Um, and we've been able to keep the trolls, I think, pretty much, for the most part away, we've had like some pretty intense examples that we've shared in the past. But, you know, I'm really curious to see if there's going to be correlation, which I think that there will be between the mainstream press and now more you know, trolls or like men commenting bullshit on the page. Agreed. We're going to keep an eye on it. And when it happens, because it will happen, we will talk about it on the podcast. So don't you worry about that. In other news, in other Locatora news, we had a cute fucking photo shoot this week because we are launching new merch. We have shirts, we have masks, and they're going to be available on our online store, on our website, locatoraradio.com. There will be discounts available for patrons and those who are subscribed to our newsletter. So once again, if you are interested, you can head to our website, locatoraradio.com, sign up for our newsletter, Besitos, and also become a patron so that you can get access to these discounts and things like that as we start to launch more merch and more webinars and products and things like that. So keep an eye out for that. The other really super exciting thing that happened this week was the Savage Fenty show. And we both watched it. Yes. Um, that was like the highlight of my Friday. Well, no. I mean, we shot our, our merch yesterday, Friday as well. But afterwards, my like end of day wind down like treat was to watch the Savage by Fenty show. 
And let me just tell you, there were so many beautiful things about the show. I love Rihanna and her vision of, you know, creating a lingerie line that's, you know, for everybody. And, but still one of my favorite, favorite things, the most exciting thing was seeing our girl, our friend, Vanessa Romo, past guest of Locatora Radio, walk in the Savage by Fenty show. Yes, uh, Vanessa is a star. So we first interviewed Vanessa, like at very, very early in her modeling career. And she had just got cast to appear in Nuestra Belleza Latina. Like she had not done the show yet at the time that we conducted our interview with her. So we did our interview with her. Then she was on Nuestra Belleza Latina and it was a big deal. And now, like, this summer, Vanessa, I mean, she's been a Savage Fenty ambassador for a little while now, which is super exciting. But then this summer, Vanessa got a cover. She was on the cover of Vogue Mexico. And last night, she was in the flesh, part of the Savage Fenty show. We saw her. It was super exciting. I loved Rihanna's show. It was glorious. I loved the music. I loved the choreography. I loved the concepts. There were a bunch of fun surprise guests like Miguel sang prominently and um, Demi Moore was in there and Willow Smith and all kinds of people. Like it was just a really fun show. So shout out Ree, shout out Vanessa. It was a great time. I think you can still watch it on Amazon Prime if you have not done so yet. Yes, it was a, such a good show. There were so many amazing, beautiful people involved um also paris hilton was included um which i thought was interesting but she was in it and uh yeah you can definitely still check that out so now switching gears a little bit you know we are going to talk about some things that are happening in the news and some heavy heavy topics and so mala do you want to discuss some of the things that we were going to bring today some of the topics we were going to bring today yes so uh for those of you who are based in California, this is probably more familiar news uh, for our Cali listeners than for our listeners who live out of state. I'm not sure how much coverage the murder of Sean Monteroso has gotten nationally, but earlier in earlier this summer, in June of this year, Sean Monteroso was fatally shot and killed by a Vallejo police officer. Vallejo is a town um, in Northern California near Sacramento. So uh, a Vallejo police officer named Officer Jarrett Tan shot and killed Sean Monteroso while Monteroso was allegedly on his knees, had his hands above his waist, and the Vallejo police officer shot him through the windshield of his unmarked police pickup truck. So this week, um, this is the four-month anniversary of the murder of Sean Monteroso. It is my understanding that the family has been calling for a private investigation, has been asking Governor Newsom to address the murder of Sean, and that has not happened. It's my understanding that uh, charges have not been filed against Officer Jarrett Tan. So this week, Sean's two sisters went to the home of Governor Newsom. They went to his house, and they demanded that Governor Newsom come outside and uh, talk about Sean's case and launch an investigation into his murder. Instead of having a conversation with this family and with these two women, 
they like these two girls were met with over 30 police officers, over 30 police officers showed up on the scene and men from the secret service and Sean's sisters were both detained and were put in jail in the Sacramento County jail. If you want more information, you can follow the at Brown issues, Instagram account or the at justice for Sean underscore that's at justice, the number four, Sean, S-E-A-N underscore. For more information about the situation, about what's going on and ways to help and to contribute. So, you know, we do our best on Locatora to talk about issues important to our communities. And right now, you know, with everything that has been going on for years with police violence, police brutality, and police murder, we want to continue having those conversations and especially bringing the local news onto the podcast when it's not getting the media attention and the coverage that it deserves. It's wild, it's ridiculous, it's horrifying that even with daily protests for months now across the country against police violence, that the police continue to kill people in cold blood, innocent people, um, and acting as judge, jury, and executioner, extrajudicially murdering uh, innocent people and unarmed people. So Again, if you want to learn more about this case, you can check out the Brown Issues Instagram account or the Justice for Sean Instagram account. And yeah, love to to the fam, the Monterroso family. And you know, we at Locatora, we want to know what happened to him, and we want an, an investigation to be launched as well. And we want charges to be filed against police police officers who kill people. So that's that piece. There's also a ton of news right now about Donald Trump. And the White House, because everyone has COVID-19, like everyone. Yes. So, you know, in national news, in international news, global news, you know, the president of the United States has tested positive for COVID. As you all may already know, you know, he is somebody that has really tried to publicly downplay the seriousness of COVID. He has questioned the legitimacy of mask wearing and all kinds of different things, right? When told the thousands of people that have died has said it is what it is. And so, you know, he has now tested positive and a string of other White House officials and staff. And so we're each day, you know, since the news broke, uh, more White House officials have been coming out that they have also tested positive. Uh, Kellyanne Conway has also tested positive and I don't know if y'all are on TikTok but if you are um y'all should consider following her daughter Claudia she is a TikTok star she really talks so much shit about her mother in the best possible way because as you all know Kelly Ann Conway is the devil and so she has also tested positive um a ton of other White House officials have tested positive I want to say the speaker of the house uh, I'm sorry, not the Speaker of the House. The um, Speaker of the RNC has also tested positive. And so this is an interesting, to say the least, time. There's, of course, as you may already know, a ton of conspiracy theories on the web about if Trump is actually, you know, if he actually has COVID-19. And so we are definitely interested in seeing how this all plays out. And there is a lot 
on the line. There's a lot riding on this, right? Because the Republicans right now are trying to get a SCOTUS seat filled with so-and-so Barrett, the like very ultra conservative, like pseudo feminist lady that they're trying to um, fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's now empty SCOTUS seat with. And the last time that we recorded, I don't think that RBG had passed away. So that's other that's other news, right, that we haven't really talked about on the podcast. But like with the president being super sick and who knows what his condition is going to look like in the coming weeks, there's like legal and implications and election implications and SCOTUS implications. And there's just a lot riding on this illness that now has befallen the White House. They have engaged the president and his cabinet, his people, right? They have engaged in like multiple super spreader events. And so the contact tracing is going to be a major effort. And I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a lot more Republicans testing positive in the future because we only know of a few folks right now, but the list is definitely going to grow. So we're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to keep an eye on things um, and see what happens. It's wild, wild times. And I do follow Claudia Conway on TikTok and she's so funny because, you know, she's 15. So she's like, posting things about her mom and she knows that there's a national audience and everyone is looking at her. But then at the same time, she posts these TikToks where she's like, uh, let me delete my problematic TikTok before I'm on Fox News again. Like, Why does, why is the media so obsessed with everything a 15 year old girl has to say? Like, ask me out already, CNN. Ask me out already, Fox News. Like, I'm trending on Twitter for what? For what? She's very aware. The media is very focused on her. That's its own interesting situation right there. And I would not want to be at that dinner table in that house because it seems tense. Uh, absolutely, girl. I mean, what a goddamn mess. Uh, you know that Trump was not wearing his mask when he was in meetings and around people, you know, and it's just, yeah, it is a very crucial time. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories about, um, you know, Trump not actually having COVID and that just using this as a way to attempt to delay the election. And so, you know, I actually hope that he does have COVID and that this isn't a big farce because what a mess. But anyway, in other news, um, I will not be sending him thoughts and prayers. And, you know, it is what it is. Look, I barely pray for myself <laughs> as it is. I'm not going to waste the couple prayers that I have on a fascist. I'm just not going to do it. It's not my jam. It's not my thing. So don't feel obligated to pray or send well wishes to the White House. Remember how they abandoned all of us when the pandemic took off. There, they were not sending thoughts and prayers to us. They have not been sending checks. So if I don't have a check in my in the mail, I can't send a prayer. You know what I mean? There's an exchange there. And it's not really, it's not, there's not a balance. We have not struck a balance. So yeah, it is what it is. And we'll see what happens. All right. And in more fun news, it is my favorite time of the year. We are officially in spooky season, Halloween season, the season of fall. Um, you know, it's my favorite time of the year because my mom decorates the house. She's 
always, she's done this for years. She brings out her Halloween decorations. The horror films are streaming. It's the best time of the year. I actually like Halloween better than Christmas. Don't come for me. Love me some Halloween. My favorite are the folks who, um, like on October 1st, they started posting Mariah Carey's Christmas album because for some folks, October and the beginning of fall marks Mariah season. So I just feel like October is a good month all the way around. We have the second half of Latinx Heritage Month. We have spoopy season. We have Mariah music. And it's Biosa's birthday month. Yes. Yes, it is. My birthday is at the beginning of October. Um, I love this time of the year for that reason as well. I'm turning 27. I'm entering my Saturn return. And so send me all the good vibes and best wishes, y'all. Um, if you've been through your Saturn return, let me know how that went for you. Um, I've heard lots of things. So I'm just trying to mentally prepare for the next three years and also just this year in general. Um, what else? It's Libra season. It's my birthday. It's Halloween season. I do think that we need to get through Halloween before we start celebrating or getting excited for Christmas. That is my opinion. Let Halloween have its month. That's a hot take. You heard it here first. <laughs> and make sure that you send Diosa some birthday wishes on the gram, on the pod, on Apple Podcasts with a five-star review and a glowing comment. I think that would be the ideal birthday gift, right? Like I'm just assuming. That and send money to locatora-radio. You don't even have to Venmo me personally. Venmo the project. Venmo this indie podcast, you know, we love the support. Financial support is always, you know, very helpful. But if that isn't available to you, the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts definitely help. Yes, so many exciting things going on. And this episode is not over yet. We have an incredible guest in the second half of this episode. My friend from college, Nigea Menchin. We uh, were both American studies majors and we were in the same like cohort for our senior capstone thesis situation. So we're going to hear from Nigea, who is a grad student at the University of Michigan. And that's coming up in the second half. So hang tight. Look, Amores, today we are incredibly excited to invite onto the podcast Nigea Mention. Nigea is originally from New Haven, Connecticut. She earned her bachelor's degree in community health and American studies and minor in Africana studies from Tufts University, which is where we met. Uh, we're friends from college. We were both American studies majors, so we're very excited to invite um, 
Nigea onto the podcast today. She's actually in her final semester of her master's of social work degree and master's of public health dual degree at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, where she studies interpersonal mental health practice and health behavior and health education. As a health equity and racial justice strategist, Nigea has been involved in and committed to promoting health equity from a variety of approaches, including advocacy, therapy, research, and policy. Nigea is passionate about promoting the health and well-being of Black and Brown communities, especially women and femmes. These days, you can find her finishing up grad school while, while co-facilitating a therapy group for Black women, conduct, conducting research on Black mental health, and fighting for the lives of marginalized folks. Welcome onto the podcast. It's so good to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah, excited. we've been kind of going back and forth on Instagram, um, you know, about things happening in the world, just funny memes, um, mm-hmm. mending trash, like yes. all of the above, <laughs> and also talking about um, an interview. So I want to start with asking you, let's catch up. And if you can share with us what you've been studying and the the research that you've been doing. Yeah. So... When we finished Tufts, (laughs) I took a little break, um, and then I spent some time in D.C. working in the health policy space, and I think from that, I really realized how much I wanted to study mental health um, and really kind of create avenues for Black and brown folks to be mentally well um, and try to really bridge that gap that exists between us being well and um, what have you. So after that, I decided to go to Michigan. My family thought I was crazy. (laughs) They, no one, we don't have any family there or anything, but they had a lot of um, really interesting programs that aligned with what I wanted to do, specific coursework um, for treating mental health among um, Black people, researchers who are doing this. And I said, I have to be there. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm finishing up grad school. Um, I kind of went so that I could really learn how to um, develop interventions and, um, you know, really develop ways to address our mental health needs because, um we need support and we need people who look like us doing it. So that's why I'm there. Um, In social work, I've been able to learn clinical skills. So I've been doing therapy with folks um, and public health has really provided a way to design, implement, evaluate, and kind of scale those initiatives. Thank you, Nigea, for one, for being here and for sharing more about the work that you're doing. Sounds like you're doing innovative, incredible work. So my question for you, you mentioned, you know, you began in the health policy space and you're currently, you know, thinking about developing interventions and how to put that into practice for folks that need it. Right. And so what are what's an example of an an intervention that isn't being used right now, but would be super helpful and necessary for people of color in have in crisis having a mental health crisis what is that like what yeah yeah how do you envision that yeah so I think in a dream world I would want to kind of coordinate what's out there 
um, from like a grassroots level, state level, and national level around focusing on the mental health of black and brown communities. Um, and so I think there are different types of interventions, but I think having kind of like an, a way to organize um, the, uh, the great work that's being done um, from like a central location. I've seen that happen in other spaces, but that would be my dream. Um, I think there are different interventions from like a larger scale to smaller scale. So when I think about the stuff that I do is having maybe a support group that's specifically for black women and femmes or specifically for Latinx groups um, at school. Um, I know Mala, you're a member at Tufts. Social yeah. isolation is real, <laughs> predominantly right. white university. And we barely had any, you know, therapists of color at the school. And so having that and then on top of, you know, kind of like a lack of aware I mean, I don't want to say mm-hmm. a lack of awareness, but a lack of effort put toward focusing on our mental health, especially when we're navigating so many challenges. Yeah. Maybe being first generation college students. Um, maybe, you know, looking at like the socioeconomic piece, you know, a lot of rich folks at Tufts and it can get isolating. So, um, really having groups, um, I think is a really big deal because, you know, you have people who look like you in the group and you can talk about, you know, things you might not feel comfortable talking about otherwise. So group therapy, you know, support groups is one intervention, um, that I have found to work really well. Um, And then, you know, you have individual therapy. And I think right now, you know, we're in an interesting time with COVID. Um, Everyone's home and we're spending a lot of time on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even thinking about ways we can leverage social media to support people's mental health um, is really exciting. Um, I work with Um, a professor at the University of Michigan. Her name is Dr. Daphne Watkins, and she leads the Why Be Men Project. And that is one intervention um, that uses social media to focus on um, Black men and boys' mental health. And so, you know, there are things that are out there, but I think it's important for, you know, those things to gain more attention and also how do we scale it so that, you know, it's more common practice um and we don't have to work so hard to find what we need yeah I'm like now I'm thinking about you how you were talking about Tufts and the mental health issues just even wrapped up in like going to school and so much of that has to do with the environment and the cold and like you said like the student body Mm -hmm. um the confederate flags that oh my goodness are in medford like in people's garages the swastikas found on campus like so many things added to the stress of like an already stressful situation which is school so i want to know how we Mm -hmm. can take that example and even apply it to right now and how our environment and all Mm -hmm. these multiple factors the pandemic um, white supremacy, police violence, fires, and mm-hmm. extreme heat, mm-hmm. and the list goes on and on, but how these com- compounding factors can be affecting our mental health. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Um, and I don't know about y'all, 
But for me, it has been a struggle. You know, yes, I'm mm-hmm. a public health therapist. Yes, I study public health. And I'm struggling just like everyone else. And I think it was really interesting to notice how, you know, I could be providing therapy to someone and they're ex- they're experiencing the same thing, quote unquote. You know, they're, they're facing a, a pandemic. You know, they're also faced with um, increased visibility of racism. Um, and it's traumatic. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really important for us to really pay attention to how we're feeling. You know, this is Suicide um, Prevention Awareness Month. Like having these conversations, I think, is one step. Um, Checking in with your friends, checking in with yourself, you know, monitoring, you know, even how much time you're spending on social media. It's traumatic to be watching videos of people who look like you being killed um, week after week. Um, there's a lot of grief that we're experiencing, whether it's grief around, you know, things you were looking forward to and you can't because of the pandemic. Um, you know, maybe there were events that you were looking forward to, parties, you know, graduation, my graduation in-person ceremony was canceled. Whatever it was, you know, we have a loss of normalcy and that's a form of grief and it's it can be um, problematic when we don't process that grief and those um those tough feelings that we have right now because it feels like there's one thing after the other that's kind of weighing us down but there are opportunities to kind of look at okay self-care you know my mental health my physical health as a form of resistance and what that looks like for you specifically i'm glad you brought up self-care um uh, i i tweeted out the other day you know, basically, is this a good time to seek out therapy? Or are the therapists stressed out too? Like, (laughs) how do you take care of yourself as like this sort of emotional caregiver to as a profession and in school? How do you take care of you in the midst of everything? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think for me, it has changed over time with everything going on. I think in the beginning, you know, maybe in March, um, I was doing yoga. I was working out, you know, doing virtual yoga or virtual workouts with friends who were, you know, in different parts of the country. Um, And that was helpful for me, you know, when we're seeing these like increased visibility of racial terror and violence um that was really helpful for me but then after a point it became too much and I had to say okay how about I just go for walks right like it doesn't necessarily have to be like a big thing you don't necessarily have to run a mile what about walking and slowing down things what about checking in with friends what about you know back then there were virtual dance parties <laughs> virtual zoom you know back like then. <laughs> yeah I know, it feels like so long ago but it was only a few months ago it's wild um, it's so weird <laughs> time is flying in this this new this new world that we have so yeah back then that's that's what I was doing um I continued to do therapy throughout that time you know seeking therapy for myself being a part of groups like I mentioned um, I'm in a group for uh, black folks and that's been amazing it's led by a black woman and it's really helpful to be seen 
and heard on multiple levels. Um, and now, you know, I'm back home in Connecticut. Um, I was not playing with the University of Michigan, <laughs> risking my life sure. to be going to class in person. And so I came home, um, I'm staying with family, and that has been helpful for my mental health. But the first day that I came back, I had slept better than I had before, um, just given everything going on. Wow. Um, and I think also even checking in with your health provider can be self-care. Um, they are doing virtual, you know, video visits. Um, I told my, you know, doctor who is a black woman, hey, I'm having trouble sleeping. What are your suggestions? Um, you know, she suggested different things. And I think, you know, just being realistic about how you're feeling and where you are and kind of working from there. Um and I think, you know, we have to get creative as well, because maybe some of the self-care things we were doing before might not be available to us. So I love to salsa dance. I don't know when the next time love I'll it. be able to salsa dance love it. with this, you know, pandemic. And so, you know, what are other things that I can do that also bring me joy, that also, you know, are helping me get through? I was thinking earlier when you said, you know, revisiting what our self-care looks like. I didn't realize until the pandemic hit and businesses were forced to close how reliant I was mm -hmm. on receiving services as a part of my self-care, like getting my nails done, getting a pedicure, mm -hmm. um, going to a brewery, like after work by myself. Like I, and so I, it resonates with me what you're saying, like how we ha have had to rethink about, rethink what our self-care looks like. And so we're in a moment of, you know, physical distancing, social distancing, but that also allows room for isolation, right? Like you mentioned earlier. So what are some, you've, you've given some great self-care tips already, but what are some other ways that folks that are experiencing maybe a heightened level of depression, of anxiety, what are some ways that they can take care of themselves while they're maybe home alone, have less contact with their friends, with their loved ones? Yeah, that's a really good question. I know um, at one point during the pandemic, we were scheduling <laughs> virtual, you know, like video chat. I feel like I'm the video chat queen of WhatsApp. And so I feel like when the pandemic happened, <laughs> it was like my moment for everyone to be on the same page um, to do video chats and check in. But um you know, the depression and the isolation um, is real. Some people are by themselves physically, you know, maybe they live by themselves, maybe they don't, you know, have a pet or what have you. Um, and it gets difficult. And I would um, recommend people find ways, whether it's, you know, calling or texting, you know, you can also do socially distant meetups. Um, you know, the public health person in me, you know, you can still, um, I'm thinking about, you know, you can go on socially distant dates, you can, you know, do things outside. Mala, I've seen you doing roller skating, like whatever your thing is, right. kind of think about, you know, what is it that I can still do? Maybe I can't do, you know, the things that I used to do, but what is available? Um, and, you know, Social media can be helpful to like finding things, but I think um, really, you know, that social support um, is a big factor to kind of counteract some of that um, 
social isolation and also maybe some depression, maybe some suicidal ideation, because that is also real, um, to really kind of be another form of support for you. You know, you don't necessarily have to go through it alone. You know, you don't have to struggle alone. Um, who was in your circle? You know, Bumble, I'm back in Connecticut. Bumble has, you know, different um, features for like networking and friends. And so maybe you're in a situation like me where you're like, well, maybe my friends moved away because of the pandemic, what have you. You know, Bumble has a like find friend option. I think it's called BFF. And I like met with someone today for the first time in a park, you know. So just like trying to be creative um, to like figure out, okay, you know, who who can be my social support perhaps in this time of social isolation, depression, um, that can really be a big help. Okay, so since you brought up Bumble, can we talk about dating in the pandemic? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so are, are you dating in the pandemic? How does it work right now from a public health standpoint, of course? From a public health standpoint, <laughs> I thought it was so funny and also amazing that um, the New York City Department of Health um, really early on in the pandemic put out like a like a fact sheet about like, okay, this, you know, you are your safest <laughs> sex partner, Truly. you know, like very explicit language. And I was like, yes, this is what we need. Um, right. But I think really being realistic, you know, with the public about, okay, what are safe ways you can still meet people, you know, still do what you need to do. Um, and so am I dating? I am on dating apps mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Same, <laughs> um, same. And so, I mean, so far it's just been like socially distant outdoor thing. Like I feel comfortable doing things outdoors. So maybe a restaurant has, you know, a covered patio outside or, you know, maybe it's, you know, going for a walk or something. The park. I don't know what, you know, for now that's working. I don't know TBD for, for the winter, but this is where we are right now, and I'm trying to I'm trying to be in the present. So. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Live in the moment, not in the inevitable snow. That's coming. Yes. <laughs> yes, but I have been. You know, like it's. I feel like we're all kind of figuring it out as we go what is is quarantine dating what is maintaining relationships with anyone during quarantine um truly because also the last thing that I want to happen is like I don't know say like god forbid knock on all the wood god forbid knock on all the wood that like I like go on a socially distanced date and then shortly thereafter get sick. And then like, Mm. and now it's this big, this big ripple effect with like my family and this person and this, I don't even know this person. And so those, those things like also are kind of like running through my head, but on the Mm. other, on the other side of the coin, it's like, this is a very like, inhumane situation that our government has Mm -hmm. sort of forced us into and there's a reason Mm -hmm. why the other countries acted so quickly because they knew they only had people's attention spans for so long and they had a very short window in which they had to act or else they lose everybody and like I feel like a lot of that has happened here 
And it's like, mm-hmm. I could just kind of be celibate, you know, life of hermetitude. I could until this <laughs> is over, but also do I, yeah. can I, can I still live a little? I don't know. I don't right. know which side, I don't know where the line is for me yet. I'm still trying to figure that right. out, you know? Yeah. And I think what you said about like knowing where the line is for you is important. You know, I think when I think about maybe parents right now, you know, they may have lost childcare because of the pandemic, or maybe now they can't have it back. And so, you know, I think there was an article in the New York Times, I don't know, but basically you have to kind of assess like, okay, there's going to be risk either. So like, what are you what kind of risk are you accepting, you know, that's, that's comfortable for you, that's comfortable for your family, mm-hmm. right? You know, when I was in Michigan, I lived with um, two other um, people, and I had a conversation, like, what are we comfortable with? You know, I do things outside, what do you do? Having open conversations, yes. I think, um, can help with some of that, you know, ambiguity, um, and trying to figure out how to still live life um, in the midst of a pandemic. Truly. And I was talking to my friend Lilia about this, who is, she's in her first year. Yeah. Very real. Um, my friend Lilia is in her first year of med school. And she was saying like, it's really important right now to like, not be ashamed necessarily Mm -hmm. of like the way you're mitigating risk in your own life. And if you are going to the beach, like I am going to the beach a lot, or if you are going to the park, like I do go to the park, right? Like don't, you don't have to hide that from people. It's just be mm-hmm. open. That way folks can decide for themselves, like if they want to like, you know, share space with you at a distance or not, right. or if whatever it is that's going on, it's just like uh, uh, the world that we're in is like, if we're going to live, like just do it, you know, to, like you said, the extent that you're comfortable with, or you're able to, but also be willing to share that with the folks that you then are spending time with just because of what's happening, right. you know? Right. That made me think of, yeah. um, we used to do these like, well, I mean, they're still happening. I'm just not in Michigan to do it too, but these black joy picnics, um, there are some, we have like a group chat, a black grad group me chat at the University of Michigan. And, you know, someone just had the idea of like, hey, let's have a black joy picnic. And I think, um, you know, one, it was amazing to just like be in company with other black folks, socially distant in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all the isolation and the the struggle. Um, but then to like have a moment of like joy as resistance and like listening to music and dancing and being free. But something that came up with that was also consent. So, you know, if you, you know, if you see someone, you know, like, are you okay with me giving you a hug? Like, do you want to put a mask on to take this picture with me? Right. So also like asking people what they're comfortable with and having like a culture of consent as well as a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We talked about this on an earlier episode um, that I think the pandemic has forced us to create a culture of consent that I don't think people were ready for and also has forced our hand to be transparent. Maybe folks that weren't practicing transparency with their loved ones before now are, are, mm-hmm. are, are forced to, right? They have to. Um, like you said, it's mitigating what folks are comfortable with. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you did today. Um, where are some, where can folks keep up with your work? Where can people follow you if you're open to that? 
Yeah, so I am on Instagram. Um, I have an account called Your Fave MSW MPH. So Y-O-U-R-F-A-V-M-S-W-M-P-H. Um, and it's public. And there I've been sharing some information about, um, you know, things we were talking about today about, you know, how I can stay mentally well during this time of extreme struggle um, or, you know, just things in general related to public health and social work likely related to racial justice so things related to the census and why that's important to us or voting or whatever it is um just trying to keep people informed and share my gifts and knowledge around that um i'm also on linkedin so if you want to contact me you have more questions you want to work together i'm open um i've had one other thing that i think could be helpful for people because I know I noticed this with myself as well, um, because, you know, we talked about self-care, but also self-care could look like advocacy for some people. Um, and I think that's relevant right now with Black Lives Matter, um, whatever the case may be, you know, you're trying to mm. push some change forward and that might be a form of self-care for you. Um, and it's also important to be mindful of like, my energy, right? Am I feeling depleted or am I feeling recharged after this? You know, am I taking on too much? Do I need to delegate? Do I need to take stuff off my plate? So I also wanted to mention that because I know for me, I'm Najea doing the most mention and I try <laughs> to do the most all the time. Um, and so really pay attention to, okay, what am I giving my efforts to, you know, advocacy can look like a lot of different things. Maybe you're talking with family. Maybe you're, you know, t having a book club about, you know, whatever it is. I saw like Melanated Social Work was doing like Parable of the Sower and they were doing like a book club about that. But, um, you know, donation, protests, you know, I was going to protest, just really think about, you know, what is it that I want to contribute and also check in with yourself about how you're feeling and your energy level. I know it's hard right now because you want to stay informed about COVID and what's happening, you know, with the political climate. Um, and that can be really draining. Um, and so I think it's just really important to check in with yourself about how you're doing and how, what you're taking on because um, you don't want to burn out either. So wanted to share that. Thank you for including that. I know a lot of our listeners are in school and they're working and they're moms and they multitask a lot and uh, also are engaging in plenty of advocacy. So I think that that's super valuable. And I know we need to hear that too. We cannot do everything all at once. We have to take care mm -hmm. of ourselves and it's okay, like you said, to delegate and, and also work with others and let folks help you out and stuff. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Thank you once again for joining us on this episode of Locatora Radio. Um, as always, listeners, you know you can visit us at locatoraradio.com, subscribe to our newsletter, Besitos. If you want to support this indie podcast, we are still indie. The audio is still free. You can hit us up at on Venmo at locatora-radio. Uh, what else do we need to promote Diosa on the end of this episode? Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your homegirls, your primas, your moms, your abuelas, share with your family and stay safe, everybody.
Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express Card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yeah. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.